Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This episode 185, Bumblebee from 2018. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode's brought to you by Jacobs-Online.biz. Jacobs Online is a small but growing niche market company located five miles east of Yakima. Go to them for all your nichrome wire foam cutting power supply components, such as transformers. Boy. Got there in the end. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Jacobs Online. Welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. After the break, we will be talking about Bumblebee, the newest Transformers movie. But Joe, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Dude, I have so much to say. Oh my God, go for it. Yesterday was my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you, sir. Today is Chris Podcast birthday. Oh, it is? He's a Gemini too? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Okay, cool. Happy birthday, Chris Podcast. I was doing like birthday fun stuff all weekend. Rachel and I like took a trip to the Mystic Aquarium and we saw Mystic Pizza, the home of the toothy woman from, from Mystic Pizza. Mm-hmm. We didn't go in, but we saw that. So we just like hung out. We went to Mystic, went to the aquarium on Sunday, and I did like a bunch of other things, including getting my first lobster roll of the season, which was delightful. I'm a huge lobster roll fan. Warm, not cold, right? That's your thing? Always hot. Hot buttered, yeah. for sure. I found a really cool place in Old Saybrook, Connecticut, that has great lobster rolls this time. So I was like really excited about that. And I've just been like eating really good things all week because it's birthday time. So I was just like feeding myself awesome things all week. I watched the first episode of the new Lego Masters, which I'm really excited about. This is season two? Season two. They already have like two brothers that are sushi chefs that are just like... Two brothers. Two brothers. I think they're brothers. Actually, you know what? I'm not sure. I might be accidentally being racist. They're like, they're two sushi chefs. I don't know if they're brothers or not. No, Joe, it's pronounced sous chef. No, sushi. Never mind. (laughs) They did awesome. There's a lot of cool couples. I'm excited. I didn't watch last night's episode yet. I plan to do that tonight, but we watched that and that was really cool. We started Falcon and the Winter Soldier because we want to finish it before we start Loki because that comes out or came out today. I was like kind of hot and cold on Falcon and Winter Soldier, but like after we got to the second episode, we were like, oh, this got a lot better as we assumed it would have. You got one and I got one, but we got copy of Highway Heist, yes. the Fast and mm-hmm. the Furious game. Rachel and I played a round of that last week, and we got fucking smoked. (laughs) Like, incredibly smoked. The way that the game is kind of set up is it's a board game that's Fast and the Furious based, Mm -hmm. and there's like three scenarios, right? So we played out like the first, it says like, you know, start with this scenario, this is like the first thing, and it's the tank. You have like a little board, and you have your cars, and there's like evil SUVs, you tried to like flip cars in front of the tank. We we had a lot of bad rolls for sure because it's a di- like a dice kind of game. You have to like get so many things to be able to do a thing. We had a lot of bad rolls. One, but we yeah we got absolutely demolished in this game. So um I want to play it again. I think that there's probably a strategy that like there has to be an easier way to beat this. It's not impossible to beat. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but it was fun. I want to play it with you one day. And I hope that we can, because you can play with three, you can play with up to four people. I think it might be a little bit easier if you have more people, too, because you get, like, another round of turns. Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, everybody does a turn, and then it, like, is, like, the bad things happen. So I think that if you had a third person, it's more likely that you, like, have another one to do 
actions and less bad things in between, kind of. Get what I'm saying? So Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. What did you do? And then we could talk about the stuff together. Oh, not not much. Because what I did, what we're going to talk about together, it like, you know, occupied my entire Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, basically. Okay, cool. So hit us. I had my annual barbecue, which might turn out to be, I mean, so at, at the end of Sunday, because it's a two-day barbecue. Yes. At the end of Sunday, people were saying goodbyes. They're like, I'll see you next year. They're like, well, maybe in the fall, if we can convince them to have another one. I'm like, all right, guys, like maybe. We'll see. I mean, because I tried to do two a couple years ago and uh, under-attended the second one. But maybe that might have just Did been Did I come to the second? I th- I'm sure that I was at both if I could have been at both. I don't know. It was like in September-ish. I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. I did the count. Uh, on Saturday, there were 30 people there, including myself. And then wow. on Sunday, there were 11, including myself. That's not bad, dude. That's really pretty decent turnout. By far the biggest, I think, on, on Saturday ever. Um, lots of people that you know from the show. It was great, especially since Memorial Day weekend was such terrible weather here. Yeah. Felt like this was like the first opportunity for a lot of people to come out. And so, you know, a lot of the old favorites came out, but also a lot of people who like don't always come because they have their things to do or whatever. And so it was just great to see like most of my friends who I hadn't seen in a year and a half, basically. Like, I've seen some yep. people, but, uh, like, I hadn't seen you guys in person. I hadn't seen nope. a bunch of people in person. And it was, even though, you know, we talk on here every week or more than once a week or whatever and talk every day on Facebook, it's it's different. So it was very exciting. It was very good. So Friday, I did all my shopping. Saturday, every, you know, people came over. Uh, Chris Podcast stayed over on Saturday night and I had another friend crash. And then he left early. Chris and I went shopping hung out, played some video games, people came over on Sunday, and then by like Sunday at like 8 o'clock or 8.30 or so, like basically by the time the sun set, everybody went home. But yeah, it was a great weekend. I was exhausted all day on Monday because I was just like, I went to bed at like 10.30 on Saturday night or Sunday night, Sunday night. And I woke up and I'm just like, ooh, I'm still like beat just like from, you know, socializing and walking around and just doing things and like, I don't want to say like being on, but like normally on a weekend, like I just watch a whole lot of TV, right? Like that's what I do. And so like to be, even though I'm just mostly sitting around drinking, just hanging out or whatever, uh, it it requires more energy, but I still had a blast and I was so glad that I got to see everybody and we're going to see everybody again at the end of the month for F9, which is cool. I know, dude. I'm so hyped for this. I had a wonderful weekend. We got to see... A whole bunch of people that we know. I was telling you, man, they're just like a great group of guys, right? Like mm-hmm. just people in general. Like, uh, like we got to see so many people that have been on the show. You know what else I was thinking? What we saw Dan the Duke Hayden, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he had his little girl with him. Mm-hmm. And we had Sam there. The Cage Club family has some really fucking cute kids, dude. I know they're adorable. Both of them. Holy shit! Yeah, you guys know where I stand in the in the small children camp, but I was getting anti anti, (laughs) I was getting super pressured by the absolute crazy cuteness that was around us. So, um, yeah, it was great. And it was cool to see Kyle and Brian and Mike Manzi and Heather. We got to hang out with Heather. Finally, Heather and Tyler, who you'd hear in the background and Jordan was there. And who else? I invited other people who like couldn't come for one reason or another, but I was trying to get even more Christian Larson too fast. Yes. Larson shout out to a patron of the show, Christian Larson. Yeah. So it was just, it was just an overall great, it felt good. You know? Oh, and the other thing that I was thinking was, is I've figured out that during pandemic, I've either gotten more deaf or I'm not, aware of groups of people yet because like when i'm in a group all talking is one volume and at the same time oh interesting okay i cannot distinguish conversations at all and i don't know if like my brain needs to readjust or if i've just like lost this ability 
if it's like more than one person talking to me, I just like my brain's like, which one is it, and which words are they saying? I feel like you know when you have like background noise in a movie, that's what my brain uh-huh. feels like all the time now. Where it's like you know that people that's not are good. talking. No, fucking terrible. <laughs> it's really, really bad. So, so I'm working on being able to like be in crowds again. We had like a work like dinner before your barbecue and i was sitting there and they had like a dj or something outside and i was like man i can't hear shit and then like people are talking and i'm just like kind of like looking and like weird and i'm like i'm trying to figure out what they're saying and then like it happened again on your barbecue so like uh something's wrong and i need to figure <laughs> it out <laughs> you know what i will say i have i have nothing to say about that because i don't understand how the brain works or how especially your brain works yes true but i will say that you know i i, I was sort of struck on saturday by how normal this felt so quickly it like, did it did after yeah. not seeing people like i had you know especially recently as people have gotten vaccinated like we had our fancy baseball draft and we did this and that and whatever like this is by far the biggest group i've been around but like i wasn't worried because worried is too strong of a word but i wasn't sure if it was going to be like people gonna be like oh i don't know like i don't, don't want to get too close or what like just like hesitancy no. right nope but nope. it was just immediately like oh this is like what this should be and so like it gave me a very good feeling for the rest of the summer things will go in waves and i feel like this winter might get a little bit rocky in some regard or whatever but mm-hmm. like the vaccinations are so good and people, at least, you know, I don't want to say that there's right and wrong, but there's right and wrong. And my friends are right because they got vaccinated, right? Like there's, and we get could the do shot. St- we could yes. do stuff like hug yeah. and and drink and be right next to each other. So it was nice to see people and like not worry about things and not have to worry about distancing and like having people come inside and no masks and whatever. And just like, you know, there's no judgment from like neighbors or whatever. Like, nope, dude, it was, it was a blast. I'm glad that you, that you brought us all together. I'm glad that you hosted yeah, and now, like, and it just totally juiced me for Fast 9 coming up. Like, I'm yep. so amped to see everybody again and be in a theater and, like, yell at how excited we at are for the Fast movies. 9. the movies. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, not a theater. The movies. Yes. It was a great weekend. I couldn't have picked a better weekend to do anything, so I'm excited. Very cool. Well, shout out to my friends, but also shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, West Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke Hayden, Renato DiDonato, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Montez. We've got a Patreon page, Too Fast, TooForever.com. All of them support at the $5 level or above. Thank you all so much for supporting us over there. Yes. We've got a bonus episode coming to you in a couple days. So check out Too Fast, TooForever.com if you want access there. Don't be like the last two people and do a dollar, then cancel immediately. (laughs) Be a real person. Be a real good family member. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Did you know that Haley gets to see Fast 9 a week early because she's in Australia? Probably oh. Jake too. They're like a week above us, and and Haley messaged me was like, "Oh yeah, it comes out like a week or what? Like she's like a week Ugh. countdown on her phone." And I was like, "You gotta hold off for just a week, lady." Yeah, every time we record, we're a week closer to not having everything spoiled. Right now, we're only two weeks and a day out, so it's not bad, but it's still it's gonna like, get patchy all you need here. is one person to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. You're like, "God damn it!" So I know. It, I it think could, could our fans are fine. I think yeah. that everybody's cool. Twitter's gonna be a fucking minefield for like that last week there with it being out in australia uh china and twitter don't get along for multiple reasons but like we're not on chinese twitter basically right but like and we don't speak chinese you're gonna go to english and twitter that's available so anyway thank you all for supporting us and we also have an email address family at cageclub.me if you want to send us an email joe we have four emails tonight first up from jerry robinson subject line wicked fnf movie idea parentheses currently high 
Okay, so he's stoned thinking about an FNF movie. If it's not Transformers or Jurassic Park, I'm going to be disappointed. But it could be something cooler, so go ahead. I'm eating Domino's and watching a playthrough of a racing game and thought of an FNF movie, but in different form, like bringing an old school. Starting a street race. Dom wins and everybody yells, damn, he was fast. Someone else comes up to him belittling him, saying, you thought topping at 120 is fast? Please. The guy is seven-time Formula One champion Lewis Hamilton. They go to Italy where Lewis destroys the competition in a race leading to Dom and Lewis having their own F1 race, with Dom losing at first, but beating him in an old-fashioned street race, and then again in an F1 championship. So this is like if Dom was Carroll Shelby at Le Mans. Sure, yeah. But then he street races Ferrari, Enzo Ferrari at the end. Next, email from Justin Kleiman, subject line F6. Terrible news to find out that I was on call for work this weekend. No. Had to work late tonight, miss F6 in the theater, missed Fast 5 last week, will probably miss 7 next week. Got to come back hard for F8. Good news. As I bought tickets for myself and seven members of my Minneapolis Fast oh. family for F9 in three weeks. Now to enjoy my delicious homemade cold brew this moment, we own it. Justin's been sending us, he got this really cool cold brew pitcher, and he's been selling me on it, and I, I think I'm going to get one. That sounds like such a dangerous proposition for me. I've gotten a lot better with caffeine recently, but like having cold brew on tap like that, I'm be chaotic. Even more chaotic than normal. And oh, oh, shout out to uh, Hank for winning like Junior Volunteer of the Year. Did you see that today? No, I, I don't check face. I don't I don't check yeah. social media ever. Con- congrats to, to Hank. Hank for uh, winning. Yeah, he's he won like like regional and state volunteer of the year. So again, cute kids in the Too Fast fam. Very cool. Congrats to the Kleinman family exactly. for successes across the board. Amen. Our next email from Jenny, subject line second dose. Oh, what's up, Jenny? How are you, lady? She says, hi, guys, sitting here in the parking lot of Otzin Stadium, home of the UO Ducks. Just waiting 15 minutes after my second dose of Pfizer. I'll now be fully vaccinated before I go tandem skydiving in two weeks. Ooh, Very cool. That's cool. And she's close to the Ducks. I have friends that like went to the University of Oregon. It's like near Penn State levels of like school pride. Did you know this? Do you know anybody that went to the University of Oregon? No, but I doubt anything is near Penn State because Penn I'm State is I'm telling you, these kids fucking love scary. it. They go back. Uh, yes, Penn State is like up there of like almost a cult (laughs) but like no the university of oregon kids fucking love it and they like go back all the time and like talking about how great the school is so the people that i know that went there are very proud of their school um she says when i got in the car this morning i heard kara saying get your fucking vaccination well i have i wish her well on her latest endeavor yeah i'm going skydiving my good friend and I both turned 50 last year, a day apart, made a pack several years ago to do it when we hit the big 5-0 due to COVID and weather we postponed, but now it's time. Gotta go. My 15 minutes are up. Later, Jenny. Well, good luck on the skydiving. That sounds very exciting. That sounds awesome. And now we know if you would drive a car into or out of a plane, I would imagine out of a plane, because if you're doing a body out of a plane, you know, car is easy. I wonder if the distance from the plane to the ground counts as your, like, POTS mileage. Some people are walking, some people are biking, some people are jumping out of planes. Skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. But I'm proud of you. Glad you got your vaccination. And now that you'll be able to do this skydiving with no worries. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Congrats. Yeah. Very, very cool. Congrats, and happy birthday. Too. Mm-hmm. And from one Zach Efron fan to another, our last email from Montez. Subject line, Montez Origins. Okay. Montez Origins. Literally no one outside of you guys calls me Montez. And I'm going to keep it that way. It feels special. Really, now that I think about it, no one even knows I'm called Montez because no one I know listens to podcasts. This is why I have no friends. <laughs> 
You have us. You have us. And everybody Doesn't knows that you're She has here. family. That's true. That's true. Pretty sure this is because of the Vanessa Hudgens emails and comments you guys were making during Zack Attack. It stuck. I dig it. My husband calls me Chicken Little because apparently I'm dramatic and the sky is always falling. Ah. Which I mean, I'm super into conspiracies, so it tracks. Yeah, if you want to hear Montez about conspiracies, just go listen to John Brooks' podcast, Hard to Believe. Every time he even has something remotely resembling a conspiracy, he has Montez on, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Did she, did she like conspiracies? Like, good ones, like, fun ones, not ones that are, like... She likes them all. But, I mean, we know Montez, so that she's not, like... Oh, yeah, I mean, like, no, she's not, like, a crackpot. She's just, like, into, like, she likes reading about other crackpots. Okay, that's cool. Work update after three years of being understaffed and overworked, which tracks in all of the emails she's been sending us on these multiple podcasts. Yes. I finally got to hire someone to help me. Perhaps my stress levels will drop after this. That's awesome. You should you should put Too Fast On in the background. Well, well mute this part. Don't let them hear this. But you should put Too Fast On in the background and then make them a fan by, by force. That could be a, an interview question. What are your favorite podcasts? <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, what? You're like, I don't know, you're fired. <laughs> Do you, have you, how many times have you seen The Fast and the Furious? And they're like, mm-hmm. one? They're like, not enough. Definitely not, not enough. enough. Get out of not here. Enough. Get out of here. She says, be on the lookout for another round of postcards. Love, Montez. Well, thank you, Montez. Thank you, Montez. It was good hearing from you, as always. I'm glad that we're your only Montez to us, but you will always be Montez to us. Yes, 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 you will. That's all the emails for today. Family at cageclub.me. If you want to send in a note, we will read it in the next episode, which will be next week. We have the intro, the Patreon bonus episode in between, but yeah. uh, no intro in that one. So no, next no week, intro. next episode, we'll announce the end. But real fans, real racers, any real racer knows what next week's going to be. But we'll get there when we get there. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Anything you found in the last week as we're dodging cars, dodging traffic to not get hit by spoilers. No, Rachel has been really mad at the television, though, because they keep playing the trailer, because obviously it's coming out now, so sure. it's like mm-hmm. trailer time, and she just like is screaming at the television every time it comes on. And I was like, I think we might have seen this trailer, and she's like, I don't know if I have or not, and if I did, I don't want to see it again this close to the movie, so she usually mutes it, or just yells. So, yeah. It's working cool. well. I don't think I've seen anything. I don't think we've posted anything. You've been you've been quote tweeting memes again still, which is good, but like actual news it's, I don't think I've seen. Yeah, it's just a lot of like memes and dumb shit. jokes. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I mean I love it. It's it's Oh yeah, no, I like it too. It's just yeah, but it's not uh nothing. It's on the like, radar. Hey, yeah. Like people yes. are thinking about Fast and the Furious, but it's not like news. Yeah. Well boy, do we have a podcast for Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Wap fit. True. The final thing to do before we talk about Bumblebee is to do the Fast and Furious Minute for Too Fast, Too Furious, Minute 14, a minute I called, of course, it has to be, Smack That Ass. Mutual respect. All right, let's clear out. Anybody down for another?
So in this minute, Suki lands her jump, tearing off her front bumper in the process. Brian crosses the finish line, ending the race, winning the race. The crowd cheers Brian as he thanks, question mark, his Nas canisters by patting them, seemingly saying, good job, guys. Uh, Slapjack stumbles out of his busted car as Suki crosses the finish line at second place. Brian and Tej share a friendly, happy glance. Brian smiles and laughs. Tej gives Brian his winnings. Brian gives him a tip or finder's fee or something. And as the minute ends, we get another look at Monica Fuentes. He's looking great. This is the end of a six-minute long race. The, minute, the race started in minute eight minute and ended in minute 14. Um, I did a lot of math in here about how much you Brian did. earned based on... <laughs> it's so, so Tesh awesome. says he gives Brian over 10 stacks, but if they kicked it a nickel, yeah. four times 3,500 should be like 14 grand, unless Brian didn't give in his... I don't know. No, because he, he gets the money from everybody. So yeah. I just have in here in the document... It looks like he gives Tej about fifteen hundred bucks as like a as a, a cut. I, I was gonna say about fifteen. It's like it's a little bit over a grand is what it looked like to me. He almost counts it slowly enough that you can count it with him, and then he just kind of like chunks a bunch off, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. But I figure so if okay, so say it's fourteen grand. Yep, fourteen grad. After he gives Tej fifteen hundred bucks, he's still making like two grad a minute on this race, which is pretty good. I mean, I think that's yeah, that's that's like most illegal drag racing i'm guessing i mean like not 2000 but like that tracks because like how much are you actually quarter mile races you probably make way more a minute right especially if it's a million dollar quarter mile yeah true very very true yeah exactly just like that and the other the other note that i have here is that slapjack probably has like real serious spinal damage and nobody gives a shit he just he just he, like he at least at least at the bare minimum needs to go into the concussion protocol right like yeah. they need to like put him in the black tent mm-hmm. and check him out no nobody ca- they're just all excited about brian and suki apparently and we also know too. that in like a minute or two, they're going to get chased away. So like Slapjack's just going to be like alone, having crashed into a Pepsi billboard in the last minute, forgotten, injured. Concussed. Yeah, possible spinal damage. Yeah. But what did you notice in this minute of note? Anything Anything cool? I got some of the cars that Brian, like when Brian like pulls up, I got some of the cars that are around that. The coolest thing that I noticed this minute is there's a green Civic on the right of him when you're looking at the screen. And on the back of this green Civic, it says size does met along the bumper. And so I think the green Civic has just a sticker that says size okay. matters. Mm-hmm. Size does matter, which I, I would love to know the story of that. Why? Because it's on a Civic, right? So it's not like on a truck where it's like size does matter. And the other cool thing was there was a Corvette. And for some reason, it just had Microsoft, like a Microsoft logo, like under the headlight. So, cool. um, yeah, <laughs> those are the two. Those are the two main things I noticed this time um it's a lot of face stuff you know we talked about this so there wasn't a lot of sign- like everything like behind monica fuentes is like out of focus and all of this stuff was just like focusing on their faces so that's what i got so the the question that i have for this minute which i think works i mean it's it works i had another one that's kind of similar to about the same second um read yours and i'll pitch mine so what i have here is how much money does tej announce brian earned for winning the race is it 10 g is 10 grand 10 large or 10 stacks and Tej's line is 10 stacks. What did you have? What, what was your idea? Mine was going to be, why does Brian give Tej part of the winnings? And it could be like finding the thing, but Tej says mutual respect. You see that? That's me. So it'd be like for inviting him to the race. Oh, interesting. That, so I, I like that question because I think it's a very specific. I like that. I do think that that is bordering on complainable no you just have to work like why does tej say brian gives him money for the race because if you say that then that's what 
Tej said. You can't argue that Tej said this is why he gave him money for the race. So what I'm okay, saying? so okay, it's that's the a wording question. of the so question. Then, so do you have four viable answers for that? Yeah, it's like because he invited him to the race because he owed him money because he has mutual respect for him. That would be funny. Just like, yeah, this guy owed me money. That's why he. That's why I invited him here. He <laughs> owed me money. Yeah, you see that, guys? He owed me money. Like, but the, the, that's what I was thinking. And we could come up with a fourth one. Like, I had like three off the top of my head. Well, like two wrong ones and an answer. So you want to do that one or you want to do mine? I don't think we need two questions about this minute. I don't know. What do you like better? I I was just I was trying to come up with like a more creative, not numbersy one. You know, well, like, this isn't really numbersy. It's 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 words. It's same. It's you it's know, same words, thing. They, it's they it's, it's it's same same guy, different actor. This is the same question. Yeah. If we can have four things, because like. Mutual respect is the right answer, and like it sounds like a thing that he would brag about. I don't know that Tej would brag about earning money just getting like a debt repaid. What does that even mean? I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with weird things. See, the fucking trailer is on TV right now. I just looked up. I like your question. Your question is totally fine. Like I said, mine was just a different side of the coin. I think we go with mine just because it's here, and I don't have brain power right now. That's fine. No worries. If I was more, if I was less sleepy right now, I would be more in the mindset of Tej or whoever wrote this movie and be like, okay, here's four things. But I, I just, I can't help but laugh at being like, why does Tej say, oh, because he owed me money. I was just like, <laughs> okay. Yo, that white boy owed me money. That's now, sound like, now it sounds like Tracy Jordan, just like. <laughs> Tracy Morgan. No, Tracy Jordan. Who's Tracy Jordan? The character on 30 Rock. That's played by Tracy Morgan? Yeah. Okay, Sorry. <laughs> That was like the second time 30 Rock. Oh, wait, why, do, why did 30 Rock come up? We talked about Milf. Did we talk about Milf Island with Bob? We talked about 30 Rock recently. Maybe. Do we talk about Yeah, I mean, he Mark? basically plays Tracy Morgan. Like, he yeah. just plays, you know, he exactly. plays like an amplified. But yeah, Tracy Jordan is the character's name on 30 Rock. How much money does Tej announce Brian earned for winning the race? Minute 14, smack that ass. 10 Gs, 10 grand, 10 large, or the right answer, 10 stacks. That question's going to be fucking hard. When this oh, yeah, 100%. I don't, because I'm going to say... Large, because he says, like, large. kick it yep. a nickel. Mm-hmm. Large. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. 10 G. He think, I think he says Gs at one point, but this is... Yeah. See, that's another that's another reason why this question is good, because we're both going to get it wrong. Like, that's, Wait, why that's how it's a good question. So. Yeah, like, when I read the question and know that I'm going to get it wrong... Yeah. That's a good question. And we just came up with it, and I'm already yeah. like not sure, right? I just so. like I just looked at it like with my eyes and was like, yeah, that's fucking terrible. Cool. <laughs> cool. Chef's kiss. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break. Let's come back, and let's talk about Bumblebee. episode number 185 bumblebee this episode is brought to you by jacobs online who has been serving industries laboratories and hobbyists with specialty items like nichrome wire foam cutting power supply components and some rocketry and hobby supplies through its online store since 2008 shout out to jacobs-online.biz well shout out to jacobs and here we are talking about the newest transformers movie so i remembered obviously the reason i i bumped this on the schedule is because john cena is in this jacob toretto himself yeah assuming toretto maybe not toretto i don't know he's they, they say he's dom's brother so it it is i mean you never well, know you're right he might not be a toretto you're right yeah that doesn't you never matter know. but i did not remember 
I saw this in theaters. I've not seen it since theaters, but I did not remember that Compost, aka Braga, is in this movie as well. That's right. That is right. And he, I think he has like kind of an accent in this, right? Well, or I mean, lack I, of one. I don't know. So John Ortiz, a Hispanic actor, I don't know if that's just his. I mean, it's not as accentuated, not as over the top as Combos and Braga. Yes. This movie really wants John Cena to be a hero. Kind of. Like, well, that's the thing. Yes. We'll talk about that. Okay. Because I, I have questions. So this is, if, if people do not know, this takes place in 1987. Um, this takes place before the five. I did not remember there were five Transformers movies. There were the There's three with Shia. I know mm-hmm. three. I didn't know there's five either. Yes. So Mike and I did the first three. The I guess the first three, like the the three yeah. that people know. There's three with Shia, two with Megan Fox for Shia's All His Movies podcast. Yeah. And then there were two, I think, with Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg was in at least in one of them. Weird. I, didn't I have the that. I have the stuff here because I, I wanted to figure out because this was the smallest budget and the smallest box office but still considered a success and still they're doing like a sequel to this in some regard because it was successful enough. But yeah, so this takes place in 1987 as a prequel. I'm not great at describing the plot of a Transformers movie because I never cared about them. And that's not in a bad way, but I just didn't grow up with them. And so it was just like, oh, this is the movie that everybody's seeing. Okay. And so like, I know Mike Manzi loves this one. This is like what he always wished that like the other Transformers movies would be, but there's Autobots who are the good guys, right? Yes. And there's Decepticons, who are the bad guys. Yes. And there's a war on Cybertron, which is the planet that they're from. Yes. And they send Bumblebee to Earth. Well, they all try to escape. Optimus Prime says Earth is like a place that we can survive. Don't let the Decepticons find you on Earth, but we will come to Earth to survive. And so they get Bumblebee there, and he accidentally signal like beacons the Decepticons there. And so a couple of Decepticons show up, and they chase after him. And meanwhile, we've got Haley Steinfeld as the newfound owner of a Bumblebee because she finds it in a junkyard and yes, ostensibly like brings it back to life. But it was already back to life. I just it's because it's a tr- it's a transformer. Um, and then you know robot stuff happens. <laughs> That's. That's a pretty good description of, like, 90% of the movie. I think this is probably the best Transformers movie of the six. I've seen, I want to say I've seen five of them. I know I've seen the three. I think I saw Age of Extinction. I have not seen The Last Night. This is overwhelmingly the best one on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, It's the second highest audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's the most cohesive and coherent one. Yeah. But like, like the Shia ones... When there's no robots on screen, I enjoy this movie. And then as soon as the robots show up, I'm just like, I don't care. Well, Bumblebee's kind of cute. Yeah. Is one of the best Transformers for what you're talking about. Like, Sure, he, yep. Mm-hmm. But you're right. There's a lot of robot fighting, which is exactly how I describe it. Like, I can't, I can't discuss Transformers beyond robot. Like, they're just parts that I'm just like, yeah, that was a thing. It's metal computers fighting metal computers. That also can turn into and out of cars. So mm-hmm. it just happens. It, you have to just absorb it. There's not much to discuss in those parts. It's like, there was a fight. Okay, we talked about like Lone Wolf and Cub last time, right? And we were like, oh yeah. Uh-huh. And then he like, you know, slit his throat and the blood sprayed out. Like, no, it's robot cars. Uh-huh. So it's like he robot card him and then he robot card him back. And that's, I mean, like, what else? Yeah, and, like, I, I don't want to, like, talk shit about, because, I mean, I know people love like the franchise it. and people like I like movie, it. And I like this movie. Yeah. It's just, I I can't, 
Like, I already, and I've, I've said on here, like, when we're watching the Fast and Furious movies, like, after I watch a movie for, like, one or two times, the action scenes don't do anything for me. They just kind of fall happen. out. Yeah. This, it's not even once. It's just, like, I my brain, like, I can follow what's going on, but it's just, like, it's robot cars fighting each other. And, like, again, not in a bad way, <laughs> but I yep. just, because in Fast and Furious and in movie, in action movies where, like, humans are doing stunts, like, they're, even if it's aided by CGI or entirely CGI, like, there's there's perspective, Right, like there's there's that oh, yes. Dom is jumping across a divided thing on a bridge highway to catch Letty, and even though it's all wires or computers or whatever, you at least have a sense of the scale and the scope and the geometry and the physics and whatever. Here, it's like I don't know really how big these things are. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they feel pain. I just it's, it's it's hard to figure things out. I think you're getting to the point where for me it's hard because I don't have a vocabulary to describe what's happening because I have no perspective to relate to it. Yeah. Because you're right, because it's like, okay, he robot card him, but, like, it's not like he, like, broke his arm because it's just right. robot And, like, card. I don't, like, Bumble, like, they, like, Bumblebee gets tortured in this movie and, like, you know, yeah. he seems like he's in pain, but, like, I, I don't, I don't know. And, like, so in terms of the scale and the scope, what's kind of cool is that behind the scenes they built a real-life, because, like, Bumblebee's obviously CGI, but they built a real-life, the, the, the right size Bumblebee so that Haley Steinfeld could act against it and have like it's like this kind know of nowhere to look up to nowhere to look like and that. also yeah. like that you're not just looking at like a tennis ball it's like oh I'm looking at this thing that like like you said is a cute car right like yes. it's like a yes. so that's cool at least but he's the most enduring of the of the Transformers yeah I was going to watch this and Rachel's like we've seen this before which by the way if you want to watch this is on Prime and Hulu and Epics. So she's like, you know, we've seen this before. And I'm like, and I watched the first part and I'm like, I've never seen this. And she's like, we watched it together. And I was like, okay. And then like, we get to the part where like, she's brushing her teeth, like at the beginning. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. this feels vaguely familiar. And I was like, okay. Like, yeah, I I remember like parts of this, like her spilling the drinks on the guy at the, at the um, amusement park. That makes sense. And then like the rest of it, I didn't remember. And I, and it just leads back to what we were saying that like, when it's robot fighting, it just all becomes one movie. I think I had seen this before. I'm sure that I've seen this before. But also, I couldn't remember anything that happened in this movie beyond me seeing it that one time. Yeah, because I think what the Transformers movies do well is they cast the humans well. Like, Haley Seinfeld is amazing. We've talked about yeah, her on another podcast yeah. with, like, with Brian and stuff. This is also kind of... I mean, she's high school age. There's no real mention of school. But Brian could definitely cover this for his show if he wanted to, I think. He hasn't yet, but he could. Yes, because it's summertime, so they're not, like... Yeah. There's no, like, school scenes. But right. She's an, she's but she turns school. 18 in this movie. Yeah, 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 exactly. So she's great. Shia, you know now canceled aside like he's great i think megan fox is charming i think uh, shia's parents in the the transformers movies are like my favorite part like they're the best part yep i think the human elements of this and again like it's kind of generic to a certain extent but like it's touching the emotional beats that you need it to and i do think that both in this movie and in the shia ones that's what i remember it's like yes them freaking out or reacting or whatever and then like Right now, so I watched this movie this morning, and then or I finished. I finished watching this morning, and I read the plot summary, and I still could not describe for you what happens in the, in the finale because I just don't remember. Like because it's just they like the, the family yeah. drives to help, and then there's fighting, and then I don't know. You know, like it's just like a it just black holes on my brain. Yeah, I was convinced that Optimus Prime showed up at the end, but he doesn't. But then does show up past the end? Yeah. yeah I don't know. Don't know. I don't know either. The driving thing was really cool, though. That part's cool. 
Um, I was trying to take notes during this movie, but, like, I had a severe lack of notes because, again, you know, robot fighting just, like, fr- flushed my brain out. So, um, <laughs> there was some cool things and some cool moments, and I mainly want to talk about what a crossover could be. Okay, so let, let's get there in a second, because I forgot that this is not universal. This is Paramount, so... They can't be crossed over. They could, I mean, it would just require more effort. Okay, that kind of makes sense. We'll get to there in a second. I just want to okay. do some some background stuff. So in terms Tell of me. budget, by movie, from one through six, because this is chronologically first, released last, but chronologically first, right? Yeah, it's a prequel. So, cool. Yeah. By millions of dollars, 150, then up to 200, then down to 195, 210, 217, and this was only 128. So it's like in the ballpark of the first movie, a little bit less, um, but also given inflation, like more than a decade later, it's it's less, right? And then yeah. box office return globally, the first one made $700 million, then 830 then 3 and 4 both made over $1.1 billion. Like, they were Jesus. huge. Jesus. Yeah, that's, that's Fast and Furious money. Like, that's mm-hmm. insanity. Yeah. And then The Last Night, which had a budget of 217 which was the highest barely. And I'm not sure. I guess this is marketing and all their considerations. It made 605 but still supposedly lost $100 million. So that's how expensive these movies are, not only to make, but also to, to market. That it earned at the box office $600 million worldwide, and yet still lost $100 million. Like, that's crazy. And this one made 467 which basically tripled its budget. And if you double the budget or whatever for marketing, like, it still probably made $150 million. And I don't know where the sequel stands, but, like, it did well enough to warrant more, I guess. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to do, like, a, a literal Bumblebee sequel, or are they going to do a different Autobot kind of prequel situation? I don't know. I, I assume that you have to go with Bumblebee again, right? Because that's, like... Probably. He has to at least be centrally... Like, he doesn't have to be the star. Like, he doesn't have to be Bumblebee too. but, like, he has to be... Like, you can't have Haley Steinfeld unless Bumblebee comes back to her, but there's no real reason to come back to her, right? Because, like... Yeah, they're... Unless what? they're just friends. But then on, on Rotten Tomatoes... And again, I don't really care about Rotten Tomatoes because I think it's a flawed system, but just for reference, critic scores, 58 for the first one, which is almost fresh, but like, all right, 58 is fine. Yeah. And then 20, 35, 17, 15, and then this one is a 90. So like, this is like overwhelmingly like the best. And then audiences were 85 for the first one, then between 40 and 55 for the the rest of them, and then this one's 74. In terms of return and critics and everything, this and the first one overwhelmingly the most successful kind of across the board. And then, you know, the other one just kind of made money. Right. So, yeah, that's cool though. I can't yep. believe 90% for this movie by critics. But all that means is that they think it's a good movie. Like that's why Rotten Tomatoes is weird. And that's why I think people don't understand. Like, it's not like, Oh, it has an average score of 90. That just means that like more, like if somebody has to like, have an arbitrary, yes. is yeah. it good or is it bad? People say good. Right. Yep. And audience is like, do you like it or do you not? It's not like on Metacritic where it's like a 90 means it averages a 90. That like that's like an A minus or whatever, right? Like yes. it's this is just 90% of people are like, yeah, it's a good movie. Or 90% of critics are like, yeah, it's a good movie. So like it means something, but it also doesn't mean that, uh, you know, so I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the crossover idea because I have ideas as well. And I think the movie also kind of positions things in a certain way to set things up kind of not for a crossover but like for a sequel so the first thing that i was thinking when i was watching this Mm -hmm. um you know focusing on john cena john cena kind of seems like a doofy hobbs in this right he appears he's a military man because of course he is yes 
and they're doing like a training exercise, like a paintball game. And yes. he is he is shown at first immediately to be both very good, like very competent, and also kind of a bully. I wasn't reading bully. I was reading that as comic relief. But yes, in reality, it is bullying. But I was reading it like they're trying to show that he has like a fun side. Right. But the way, the way that they the, do exhibit that. that is yeah. that they have a guy gets like snared in a trap. And he's bragging about, John Cena's bragging about how he hasn't gotten hit with a paintball. And so he's just shooting this guy over and over again, who's just hanging there, can't defend himself. Helpless. Helpless guy. Yeah. yeah just shooting him. Yep. And so it's supposed to be funny, like you said. Yes. But it's just like, oh, this huge guy is shooting with a paintball gun, but still shooting a dangling guy who can't defend himself. And like, what compounds that is that we're also rooting for Bumblebee, because we know he's one of those quote-unquote good Transformers. Yes, he's an And so when Bumblebee crashes, and I don't think it's irrational, but the military goes against Bumblebee. And so like, we have a bully, kind of, to a certain extent, then chasing after who we're rooting for, and it's like, oh, like, are we supposed to like this guy? Yeah. They're trying to like character arc him to be like, you, you were supposed to not like him, even though they give you a comic scene at the beginning, which mm-hmm. probably would have played better like near the middle or end. But I get that you have to introduce like, him. Like it's the introduction. Yeah, it's just how we get to know him, and we don't know who he is yet. You could laugh, but you could also be like, "Oh, that guy's a dick." Yeah, you could. You could. Yes, you definitely could. I just couldn't help but thinking about it in the terms of like Hobbs, because whenever we see Hobbs, you know, he's what Old Testament, mm-hmm. fire and brimstone. Like he's gonna kick ass, and he's very serious. Whereas, like, John Cena here plays, like, very wacky from the jump. Although he is competent, he seems incompetent because he's, like, also goofy. So it's just, like, it it feels weird to me. So I was trying to, like, imagine a movie where, like, John Cena and Hobbs team up. And John Cena kind of plays, like, a Kevin Hart to The Rock. Well, I think what, and I didn't think about this until just now, but I think you describing... Hobbs in his Fast Five parlance is that this movie is introducing John. I mean, again, it's not a new type of role, but the same way that Hobbs wasn't exactly a new type of role for for the for the Rock for, yeah. for Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, yeah. But John Cena is new in this character. I don't think you sign on to do a movie like Bumblebee without being like, I might be here for three or four movies, right? Like it just it's kind a possibility, of possibility. Like, no matter what, if in it's the back successful. Of your head. Yep, you could be, and especially when you're John Cena and you're like a star. And I think I think this movie sets up to like the second one would maybe be about his character, possibly. Probably, yeah. You don't sign on just like I'm one and done. So like he might be like, okay, how do I play this guy? And so like Hobbs in five is just by the book and kind of boring. Like we talked about, especially on. Nate's podcast on the Rocky My Video Picture Show about, like, the movie is great. Obviously, it's our favorite, I think, you know, both of our favorite fast movie or whatever yeah, up there for sure. Yeah. But his character is not fully fleshed out yet. Like, he's not the Hobbs that we love because he doesn't know how to act it and they don't know how to write it. Here, John Cena's... More down the line, you're right. Like, this could be like a third movie John Cena where you're like, oh, he's endearing now. Yes, and so he's playing Jack Burns, and so he have, they have to establish that he's competent but they're also trying to cut in six seven eight fast and furious six seven eight whatever type humor it's like well we don't know who this guy is yet right like yes 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 yep it's a combination i don't think i think of not knowing how to write him and not knowing how to act this character where it's like oh they're not really they're not really nailing also like this movie is kind of short for what it is like with without credits it's like an hour 40, which is Yeah, a wildly blessing. short for a blockbuster, right? And also given that the movie's not about him. The movie's about Haley Seinfeld, right? So like, and Bumblebee. But like, he's not on screen that much. So like, they don't have a ton of time to, dis- to, to define who he is or what he is. It's an interesting choice. I agree. Yeah. But the, the Hobbs thing is definitely right. It's just, 
It's murky Hobbs, kind of. Yeah, doofy. Like I said, it's, it's it feels like doofy Hobbs to me. On the reciprocal now, we know John Cena is in F9. Mm-hmm. And we know that he plays Dom's brother. And this movie was shot in the 80s. Well, it takes place in the 80s. I was thinking, perhaps, could this be Papa Toretto? Because it's in California. If he has a son that looks like John Cena, I could imagine John Cena plays a dad of Dom Toretto. I can imagine John Cena plays a dad of himself. If they have the Ooh, same dad. Okay. Maybe this character is the Toretto father... When you're a kid, your perception of what your parents do or are doing is skewed by your reality. There's nothing that says that, like, Toretto's dad, who, you know, was, like, a racer to him, is not also a secret agent that, like, deals with robot alien cars. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then I was thinking, like, beyond that, like, oh, what if he, like, you know, just was on, like, a Transformers mission and, like, he goes to space or something? He died on a mission, right? Because they say, like, his dad exploded in the car. How was this? Maybe this was a Decepticon that, like, blew up his car. This could just be the dad character just playing just in a different, you know, part of the state. And you could have, it's not crazy to have the same actor play father and son, right? No, because, I mean, a lot of people look like their parents, right? Sure. Although, I I don't know if you would have, like, the same actor basically star in two different movies as Father and Son. It would probably be, like, a smaller part in one, but, uh, you know, John Cena, why not? I can imagine that John Cena has genes that would carry very strongly into his children. And Vin Diesel kind of looks like he could be a descendant of John Cena as well, right? Like, if they're brothers... You could also see their dad looking like John Cena. So so the, the tricky thing, and I think this is where it's not like seamlessly easy to imagine a crossover because okay. it seems like, at least for now, like the modern day Transformers movies are done, right? Like if if, if Bumblebee is a, is a success, which it is, yes. they're going to continue on with that. But this movie takes place 15 years or like with a time shift, like 17 years or whatever before the first movie. Yes. So it has to be something in what you're saying where it's like agent jack burns actually that's his undercover name his name is actually jack toretto or what right like yes he has to like have kids at home or whatever like if dom is 21 in 2000 time shift to 2004 that means he's like four years old now this movie can only exist in flashbacks or in previous whatever it's right there and the cars carry over but like i think you what you're getting around is like the only way this could really work is like it has to be yes. like John Cena has to be like up the family tree because otherwise like it can't be modern day because that like Shia's done Mark Wahlberg and like I, you know I don't know right so I don't know yes also just really quickly if Mark Wahlberg crosses over he has to cross over as Italian job he can't cross over oh, as Transformers right you're so so right fuck I didn't consider this so like modern day Transformers I think is out the window yeah because I don't think. A Fast and Furious franchise would take a, a chance on a canceled-ish indie actor like Shia LaBeouf, and he's even gone from those movies anyway because him and you know him and Michael Bay don't get along or whatever, right? Or whatever. Yeah. You have to do go back here. This just doesn't line up. And so whether it's a Fast and Furious reboot or flashbacks or whatever, it has to be something that like we haven't like an area of the Fast Verse we haven't yet seen. We have a Fast and Furious Transformers crossover. Who directs it, Michael Bay or Justin Lin? Well, Michael Bay didn't direct this. This is directed by, uh, what's his name? But I mean, just 
theoretically. Travis Knight. I don't think Michael Bay is really the franchise guy anymore. I think he's doing a different thing. Who is more firmly one or the other? Is Michael Bay more Transformers or is Justin Lin more Fast and the Furious? Because no, Justin Lin's more trans more more Fast and Furious, I think, because like he's done like five of these movies and like three or four others, like more than half of what he's known for. But like Transformers is so fucking Michael Bay too, though. Mm. Obviously, I would want Justin Lin to direct because if it's a Fast and the Furious movie, I want it to feel like a Fast and the Furious movie, and I think Justin Lin could do the Michael Bay parts. Oh, actually, as, I didn't. Like, an I, so you I, I do want to say I did not know that Michael Bay directed four and five as well. I thought for some reason he had stopped after three. So yeah, so I was gonna say like he hasn't done them in a while, but like two of his last four movies have been Transformers, there you and go. five of his last have been Transformers. So, but then that's the question. Do you want a Michael Bay? Like, okay, I don't want to shit on Michael Bay because there's a couple movies that he's made that I love. Like, I really, really like Bad Boys movies and I love The Rock and I love Pain and Gain with The Rock and with Mark Wahlberg. It's a different feel. Maybe, maybe you like don't let either do it. They're both producers and you get somebody Uh, else. No. How about we do like a Tarantino thing and like Michael Bay just does all of the like explosions and Justin Lin does the like character parts. But like Justin Lin's coolest thing is the action. Yeah. And this is what I'm saying. I I have faith in Justin Lin to do an homage to Michael Bay appropriately that fits his theme more than I have a faith in Michael Bay to do Fast and the Furious in a Justin Lin story style like i think i think the issue is that when you spin things off it's no longer or you cross over or whatever it's no longer core to the franchise and so i think there's an excuse for both of them not to do it that's a good point that's the same way like hobbs and shaw is not a justin lynn thing it's not Uh, even like a vin diesel thing right it's this other thing it's a david leach thing right so yeah yeah you're right you're right that's a good point just let vin direct it yeah it's it's just one long Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Um, so Bumblebee in this, just some some obligatory car facts, is a Volkswagen Beetle, which was his original form in the animated series from the 80s. Volkswagen apparently did not want him to be a Beetle in the new movies, like in the Bay movies. What because, did they want him to be? Well, he's a Camaro. He's a Camaro in the new movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. But but why would Volkswagen... So Volkswagen just said, stop using the Beetle, so they picked Because a they did not want to be um, associated with the violence and the action and the destruction that Michael Bay movies are known for. Okay, yes, this is the part that I was looking for. Okay, so they just didn't... Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Because this was going to be more of a family-friendly, sort of like a, you know, coming-of-age movie, they're like, yeah, you can do it here. But then by the end of this movie, you know, he becomes a Camaro anyway. And then she's like, what? Are you telling me you could have been a Camaro this whole time? Like, you can just see things and scan it, right? So... That's kind of... That's really funny and kind of shitty for volkswagen to just like in the movie they they're like oh he could have been a cool camaro but instead he was a shitty volkswagen right like that's a weird thing to agree to when at the end they're like just kidding like he's actually a cool car don't worry about that dumb thing that you saw earlier mostly going back to the crossover for, crossovers for a second mostly i want Haley steinfeld in the fastiverse because i like you know she's my favorite actor in this movie and I wander over there. But again, I don't know how you do that. Like, she kind of looks, she could be Mia's mom. Ooh. You know, that would mean that she, <laughs> that would mean that she and John Cena have to get together and he's like probably twice her age, right? So. Yeah, that's, that's kind of creepy. You're right. Oh, and we can't, I was thinking like, oh, this would be great to put her in the movies, which we could, you know, Fast and Furious is getting fucking old. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's also wise. partly why they're ending to a certain extent. It's just like, well, 
you know, because I read today the uh, the oral history that we talked we talked about in here, like uh, Entertainment Weekly published it like a month or two ago, but I read it today. So many people like can't believe I've been playing Mia for twenty years. Can't believe I've been playing Letty for twenty years. I've been playing Dom for twenty years. It's like yeah, you were twenty and now you're forty, or you're twenty five and now you're forty five. It's like yeah, big difference. I mean, yes. it still works, but it's it's not the like ragtag bunch of misfits. Like again, the same thing. Like kids, it's like you know, yeah. yeah, you have like the Shia starts as a college kid and becomes like what you know mid 20s by the end of the movies and here you know Haley seinfeld's 20 like it's just like a reset it's like the spider-man things right like yeah that's what i'm saying so like i i was like Haley steinfeld should be fast and furious the next generation the next or the previous gen- generation in the timeline of this being 87 would throw off the like merging or the crossover but at the right. same time yeah she needs to maybe be like the new mia well, not Mia, like uh, an expanded, non-fridged, constantly Mia in like the reboot. You almost can't do it just about Dom and Brian because like you need to have like a woman in the lead. Like I think that's why this works. Like if this was just like a, an eighteen-year-old dude, you'd be like, yeah, okay, what? And? Another Transformers movie, right? Like, yeah. and I think that they're, you know, I'm sure that's why a lot of dumb people on the internet didn't like it or whatever. But I also think that like they're appealing to a different demographic, which is also probably why it didn't do as well financially. It's trying to tell a different story. So The Edge of 17, which Haley Steinfeld stars in, which is one of my favorite coming-of-age movies, which I talked about very, very early on High School Summer Party with Brian, the writer, director, producer of that did a rewrite on this. So she knows Haley Steinfeld and knows, like, for lack of a better word, like, coming-of-age girl stories, right? So, like, she made this more human, I would imagine, right? As opposed to just, like, vroom, vroom, cars crash. Because, like... Haley Steinfeld's also a gearhead in this, which is cool. Which is I think very, that's really cool. But it's also she's more than just a car. And there's, like, romance in here. Like, she has a crush on the hot guy and, like, this kind of nerdy neighbor or whatever is into her. But even by the end of the movie, like, he goes, like, the neighbor, like, shows her that he is cool, that he's got it or whatever. And she, he, like, goes to, like, get her hand. She's like, oh, no, I'm not ready for that yet. Like, I think that's cool. Like, it's like, we don't need the romance in here. I understand why you kind of, quote, unquote, have to have it. But by the yes. end, she just, like, just because, like, we went through a traumatic event doesn't mean, like, we're together now. Like, let's, I just met you, like, two days ago. So, like, let's just, yes. you know, take let's it just slow. be friendly. Yeah. Take it slow. Take it's it easy. cool. I did like that part of it. You're right. I was really nervous that they were going to force this romance and them countering it so well made me happy. Yeah. Yeah, no, we don't need to do that. Also, her, the guy who plays Memo, her romantic partner, friend, mm-hmm. whatever, new friend, whatever, Jorge Lindenberg Jr., um, is in Briggsby Bear, which is great, obviously. He's in the first two Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. He's a voice in, or a voice maybe, or just acting in Alita Battle Angel. He's in a bunch more stuff. So, like, he's in a lot of things. Like, he's good. He doesn't have to do much here because he's, like, third build or whatever, but he's on screen a lot. So, you know, he does a good job. Yeah, very cool. Um, do you have fast connections? Because I, I got a handful of fast connections here, other than, obviously, the John Ortiz and the John Cena. The Johns of it all. I had something that was kind of more appropriate to us. Did you notice that her little brother's wearing a Bruce Lee t-shirt? Yes, I wrote that down. Mm-hmm. That was one of the cool things. I like the reference of when they're doing the like driving thing, and his dad says, I saw this on Miami Vice, because we know that like how many car movies we've seen that reference other car movies in sure. the car movies. Um, what kind of fast connections did you have? Well, a big one at the end is that Haley Steinfeld has a song on the soundtrack. So actor with a song on oh, the Oh, I didn't movie. know that. That's a good, that's a hidden one. Well, so she sings a song on this? Yeah, the uh, the credit song, the first song that's in the credits. I mean, uh, she's, you know, she's had albums come out too. I mean, she's, I think she's mostly an actor, but she's also like an accomplished musician. So that's uh, cool. yeah, the song that I think kicks off the credits is a song by her. She also kind of sort of does the stare and drive in a different way. Like when she has Bumblebee take over. With the shirt. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's she's not driving. She's, you know, she's kind of just watching Memo, kind of doing the stare and drive a little bit. 
It's true. That's a good point. I didn't catch that one. I mean, like, I didn't make that connection, but yeah, that makes sense. I think those are the big ones. The other the other person connection, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Mayor Royce from The Wire is in this movie. Is He's he? in the military as well. Yep. He's like a general or something, I think. And he also, <sighs> I also know him from um, House of Lies, the Don Cheadle show from Showtime. He played okay. Don Cheadle's dad, but also I was like, oh, yeah, Mayor Royce. Okay, cool. Yes, that's right. Okay, now, um, yeah, I got back to, yes. Also want to give a quick shout out to Pamela Adlon, who plays Haley Seinfeld's mom, Charlie's mom. She's wonderful. Uh, her show Better Things is great. She's also Spinelli on Recess and voice in a lot of different things. And she's just overall the best. So shout out Pamela Adlon. She, she played a great character in this. I really yeah. liked her character a lot. I mean, she's got way less to do, I think, than like the Witwickies. Yeah. Because like so much like the, the key family dynamic here is Haley Steinfeld and her dead dad, right? Like she's she yes. says at one point that like she wants to get the Corvette working again so her dad can hear her. I'm like, oh God, that's so sad. Like that's <laughs> unbelievably sad. And that brings me to like the biggest fascination of this all was like the dead dad rebuild the car in the garage, picture of the dead dad and you on mm-hmm. the wall. Like yep. that part just felt so fast and the furious. Like that was you know, you're in the garage with the car that was your dad's car. So, yeah, yeah, that was like the main thing that I was like, keep going back to. Yeah. So your dad can hear you. He's like, oh, whoa. Yeah, I know. I also just want to say that I like the scene where she's pulling pranks with Bumblebee. Like they're trying to like TP and egg the house and it's not going well. And then he just absolutely obliterates that girl's car. So, you know, pretty yeah. funny. Good for her. Good for him. Good for her. Yeah. I think that's all my notes about the movie. I have some more trivia. But do you have any other notes? Any other fast next? Anything else you want to talk about with Bumblebee? Hmm. Because like so we have so another reason why I think John Cena is sketchy is because he teams up with John Ortiz, who again is military, but like we know from our history, is sketchy from Campos and Braga, and so having them together and then he gets killed, obviously, so there's no continuation there or whatever. But just like oh okay, I'm I'm not sure I can trust you here yet, uh, Agent Jack Burns. The last like note that I have was just. Right around the same time that you were just talking about, they're doing something to Bumblebee. The girl is like, no, don't, or something. And John Cena's like, he's not human. And she's like, he's more human than you'll ever be. It felt like a line that could have come from a Fast and the Furious movie to me. We don't have friends, we have family. With Brixton being half a robot... I was like, oh, yeah, that's like, that's what this feels like to me. So I also think, yeah, I think like that's another example of like this movie kind of doing like 80s action movie kind of cliches, but in his own way. To a certain extent, she and Bumblebee have like a training montage on the beach where she's like, okay, somebody's coming morph or whatever, right? Yes. And like yes, he yes. does or doesn't. But like that's a training montage. Like it's, it's scored to a thing, but like they're not really training. It's just kind of like the type of thing you would see in an 80s movie or like, yep. you know, the man or machine. Like it's like an Ivan Drago thing, right? It's just like. Any other notes? Any other thoughts? No. I didn't know how how hard it is to, to try to describe a Transformers movie, so I'm glad we came out with that off the jump. And I do want to clarify. I mean, I think people who came here to listen to us talk about a Transformers movie maybe got scared away, and I was just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't care. Like, I do think that, like, to whatever extent, this one and the first Transformers are worth seeing. If you like action movies, I think yeah, they're, they're both good. good. This was this was a lot of fun. I like this movie a lot. It's just hard yeah. to talk yeah. about. Yeah, just like fighting. they're nev- like this is not my franchise. We do not have two trans two formers or whatever. We're not right? two trans two formers. No, we're not. So some more trivia about this movie. Haley Steinfeld was not born until nine years after. So she's born in ninety six. So if you want to feel old, but she had to be taught how to use some typical items of the eighties era, such as how to work a Walkman. Uh, you you know ever ever see these memes that are like my nephew asked me like how do you use a 
a rotary phone or something. You know what I mean? Like all of these things. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, man, that's right. Yeah. Tell me you were born in 1996 without telling me yes. you were born in 1996. I don't know how to use this thing. So the, the original version of this movie, like the, the not theatrical cut, like whatever before that, like the test cut or whatever, okay. whatever they screened for test purposes, okay. had a lot more connections to the Michael Bay movies. And then the director changed all that because he's like, I actually think this would be better if you didn't have to know anything about the movies or the franchise before, which I think is the right call. It is the right call. I'm sure that, that led to the success and the critical success, too. Yes, because like this is not a reboot, because it's not like, hey, we're telling the same story or like a similar story. It's just like, this is a prequel. So it's rebooting to a certain degree, but it's also like, we're not overwriting. So like people who love that can love this, too. We're not getting rid of that. But also, if you don't know that, it's fine. Just come out, hang out in the 80s with us. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of the 80s, the license plate on Tripp's car, who is the, I think he's the hot guy, 2FAN321. I will pause to see if Dan the Duke Hayden remembers this trivia. I don't know if it's known or not. But it's the same license plate on Jack Burton's Pork Chop Express truck in Big Trouble in Little China, which is a movie I know he loves. Kurt Russell movie, so kind of a cool, like, we haven't had license plate trivia in a while. We We used to have it a lot. In You're the right. classic car movie lap, but here's some more license plate trivia. That is really cool. And then a couple of fast connections sort of behind the scenes. So John Cena is the third wrestler to appear in a Transformers movie. The Who Rock the apparently two? voiced. So these are two animated movies. They're not actually in, like, they're not Michael Bay movies, but in Transformers Prime, which I think came out like 2010-ish, The Rock voiced Cliff Jumper and Joe Shinoa. S-E-A-N-O-A. Do you know him? No. Freda King in Transformers Power of the Prime. So I don't know what that is either. But two voices in those and John Cena in this. Is that Roman Reigns? Is that Roman Reigns' real name? Joe Cianoa. No, this guy is Samoa Joe. He's just another Samoan guy. Okay, there you go. But yeah. So I know Samoa Joe. I didn't know his real name. And so this was interesting. So we were saying before about like how we think that John Cena, like it's it's murky whether or not he's supposed to be a hero or a villain. He was originally supposed to play a villain named Scarface, according to set photos. They rumor has it they changed him because they wanted him to be the hero and leave the sequel or the possibilities of the sequel more open. Because if he's a bad guy, he can kind of only way. go one way, right? So yep. and the last bit of trivia, another fast connection is that the producers cited the Iron Giant as the main influence for this movie which is also um there's there's references to that in here like things they lift from that but do you know who voices the titular iron giant no who vin diesel we're definitely gonna when we get to a vin lab we're definitely gonna do that because it's a great 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 movie did they had like a live action recent iron giant no i feel like i remember like a really old cartoon iron giant well that's what it is yeah and he was that in the car when did that come out like forever ago Five, maybe? 98? 99. 1999. Directed by Brad Bird. So, and he was the... So there's only one Iron Giant. He was the voice of it. Mm, yeah. It's not recent. Wow. Okay. Cool. I'd, I'd never known that he... That had to be, like, pretty early work for him, right? Pre-Fast it was. I mean, it was also... It was after Saving Private Ryan. Like, he had been a thing. Okay, yeah, but still, like, not, like, Dom Toretto. It's pre-Fast no, and Furious, right. so... Yes, correct. Interesting. Cool. That's cool to know. I didn't know that, no. We'll do that on the Vin Diesel Lab whenever it is, not this year. Maybe in a future year. I mean, definitely in a future year, but who knows when? Not this year. Spoilers for lap 10, not the Vin Diesel Lab. Not the Vin Diesel Lab. That's Patrons know what it is. Yeah, that's true. All right, you want to watch the trailer? Yes, let me pull it up. So this is Bumblebee 2018, new official trailer, Paramount Pictures. There's also a new teaser trailer, which you're not watching that. Uh, this has 23 and a half million views. Jesus Christ. Posted by Paramount Pictures. On September 24th, 2018, Every Hero Has a Beginning. Watch the new official trailer for Bumblebee Movie in theaters this Christmas. 
Okay, I'm ready whenever you are, bud. All right, three, two, one, play. Bumblebee. New official trailer. Have you ever been to that part of the Golden Gate Bridge where they were like, I was at the end? underneath it. That's oh. all I did in San Francisco, is I took pictures from underneath it. Oh, I, I know where that, like, spot is that you go up across the bridge and you climb, go up on the hill, and you can, like, see it from that really good viewpoint. It's one of my favorite views. It's another fast action that this takes place in California, though it is Northern California. Yes, true, true. That's why I was thinking of Dom's dad being there already. What are you? This music makes it seem a lot more... No idea. Wistful? Yeah, it's 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 a lot less Michael Bay, right? I think part of it's just like, this ain't your daddy's Transformers, a.k.a. you're not going to have a headache from it. Yeah, I think so too. I also do think that like Haley Seinfeld's character, Charlie, has like good taste in music. I mean, she's like the Smiths, and she has a Metallica t-shirt, and she's wearing a Rolling Stone shirt there, and so like, yes. there are like, you know, corny kind of jokes, like they rickroll yes. the audience in this movie, and she's like, alright, but... Yeah. It was a pretty good job otherwise. That shot, where he was just staring yep. across the yep. bridge, yeah. The end of the movie. Oh, who would be? You're a bee, every hero. Okay, every hero has a beginning again. Especially when there's no humans on screen. Like, when it's just, like, on Cybertron, I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. Bumblebee, there is only one way to end this war. Bumblebee. This is also, I think, the first Transformers, maybe the first live-action Transformers, without Megatron. Yes, true. So. And Optimus Prime doesn't really play a role in this, like kind of, but like he's not in it much. So. No, he's like the he's the Princess Leia. Like, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You've cut me. I will say that, like, seeing Bumblebee transform from the car into the thing, like, the jump and attack and, like, punch there is cool. It's like, really it cool. cool. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, he's so cute. Also, like, I get that this is funny, but, like, the type of, I just, like, it made me so anxious, like, watching him wreck the house. I'm like, oh, V, what are you doing? You're a homeowner, bud. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, please uh... don't break stuff. Please don't break stuff. Like, nothing that we can't fix. Right. And it's like... And there's no movie magic where it's like, oh, I fixed everything before they get home. Like, she like, starts and just like, oh, no, this is this is hopeless. And that's the other thing. Like, Transformers don't have, like, magical powers to where it was like, oh, this isn't really scary because he can just, like, like right. touch his nose and it just, like, goes back to normal. It's like, no, all of this is broken mm -hmm. forever. Okay, the Letterboxd game. So, for okay. reference sake, Mad Max, Fury Road, one of the most popular films in Letterboxd. We've not done this in a while, and I don't know. Well, maybe we did. Maybe, I don't know. Feels like we haven't, but maybe we did. No, Probably we did. did. Well, yeah, we did it not too long ago. 822,000 people. 822,000. Bumblebee, 2018, directed by Travis Knight, starring Haley Steinfeld, John Cena, oh. and Jorge Lendeborg Jr., plays Memo, has been seen by how many people? I'm going to go 200,000. You are too high. Really? 150,000. You are still too high. Uh, 105. 128 for 17. 128 for 17. For reference, for comparison, the first Transformers, 324. So yeah, that's yeah, that's a lot. But like two and a half or three times more. Average rating of 3.2. Most common a three, then a three and a half, then a four. How many people out of those 128,000 have this in their top four? 
seven. Way, way too low. Really? Mm-hmm. 32. Still way too low. That's This is more than I thought by a lot. It feels slightly disproportionate, but also, like, we've had a lot of the, like, really big numbers lately, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how about 50? Still way too low. One more guess. Uh, 75, and that's it. 137 people have Bumblebee insanity. in their top four. That's insanity. That's a ton. None of my friends, though. So we're going to go to Andrew C. at Old Jack underscore Burton. Okay. I don't know the comparison there. As a huge Transformers fan, this is easily the best in the series and was the film that got me into loving movies. Five stars. Into loving movies? Mm-hmm. And then he reviews it two years later and he says, Exactly two years. After watching Bumblebee on an advanced screening, it genuinely remains one of my favorite films of all time and still means so much to me. This is partially because of my lifelong love for all things Transformers. With the Michael Bay films having been some of my favorite movies as a child, despite their quality, and because of just how charming and fun I find Bumblebee. For me, it's simply the perfect blend of heartwarming and well-made entertainment helped by some terrific performances and Travis Knight's impeccable direction. Is it the most important, original, or best film ever? Definitely not. But Bumblebee just hits all the right spots for me and will always be a movie that I cherish and adore for years to come. Which I thought was just kind of a very, I mean... That's cute. Slightly crazy, but also very cute and very endearing. Very cute, very endearing. This, This person is very, very young, though, comparatively to us. Andrew C. is a Canadian... I don't know how old he is. It's not on Twitter either, but he does have hashtag mask up, hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag stop Asian hate, hashtag choose forward. So he's yeah. on the right side of history. He is. Yeah. So Bumblebee, for everything we just heard, <laughs> how much this movie means to him, it got him into loving movies. Bumblebee is his third favorite movie. Okay. His first two movies came out before Bumblebee and both around the time that Bumblebee is set. And his fourth movie, fourth favorite movie is, you know, not as big, but around the same time that this Bumblebee is set. They're all within five or so years. The first two movies are both huge movies. I'm going to guess Back to the Future. No, that's a very good guess, but no. But on that level of of popularity. Set around the same time. Well, came out around the same time. One is set around the same time. One is set around the same time. And then one other huge one. It was. It, it takes place a long, long time ago. Jurassic World. Well, Jurassic Park is number one. Okay, there you go. Okay. Because Jurassic World came out like five years ago. Yeah, that's true. So that's, one, that's his first favorite movie. Andrew C.'s favorite movie, Jurassic Park. Okay. That number two, sense. I gave you a huge hint that I don't even think you heard. Oh, probably not. Like I just said it. Uh, like a long, long time ago? Uh-huh. Oh, Star Wars, a galaxy uh-huh. in far, far away. Okay. Yep. Okay. Which Star Wars? Just the first one. Just A New Hope. Okay. Cool. Or as Letterboxd calls it, just Star Wars, apparently. Weird. Okay. Weird. And then his fourth favorite movie is a movie that has a car with a license plate that has the same license plate in this movie. Do you remember what we just talked about? Was Kurt Russell's the star. Big Trouble in Little China, is that what you said? There you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, Star Wars, Bumblebee, and Big Trouble in Little China. That's a cool top four. I, I think this person is a little bit younger. But yes, I, I like this. Well, he's got a very funny review that he gives Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, which is the second one, four stars. And the first thing in the description just says quality rating, one and a half stars. <laughs> he says, now to be clear, and he just goes on about how like, he doesn't think it's good, but he enjoys it, which I think is just like a, I think I know this movie's shit, but like, I like it. So, you know, yeah, that's fair. keep doing you, Andrew. We, we say that about a lot of things. So, okay. That was Bumblebee. Okay. So next week, you and I are not watching a movie. We are doing our preview of F9. Interesting. Okay. Two weeks out for Hobbs and Shaw, we did it. We kind of guessed what we hoped 
what we feared, what we wanted. We're just going to really build up the hype because we're going to do that. Then we're going to have our spoiler-free reaction. And then immediately after that, we're going to have our spoiler-filled review. So lots of F9 coming at you quick and fast and furious. But we're kicking it all off with the Tuesday before the movie comes out. Because this episode comes out on Tuesday the 15th, as you're listening to this on the main feed. So Tuesday the 22nd will be our F9 preview episode, previewing the movie that comes out on Thursday the 24th or Friday the 25th, depending on when you see it. So just getting excited, getting hyped. Not that anybody needs it, because we've been waiting for fucking years, forever. literal years for this. Literal years for this, yes. More than a year since it was supposed to come out originally, but we'll do that. But between now and then, Joe, a bonus episode on the Patreon. You and I are doing a movie that we've talked about that you have never seen that I think I've you're going to love. Seen it. Yeah. Torque. T-O-R-Q-U-E, which is directed by Joseph Kahn, who directed Bodied. He also okay. directed the Detention. I love this movie. It's basically a parody of The Fast and Furious, but it's wonderful. Uh, 2005? Okay. Okay, cool. Stars, or not, maybe not stars, but like in one of the lead roles is Adam Scott. Okay, cool. But kind of in a different, it's similar, but also different how you've seen him. So uh, very excited. We're going to have a special guest. On the Patreon-only episodes, if you want to hear us talk about Torque, by the time you hear this on the main feed, if you're not a patron already, Torque will be available probably on the Patreon feed. So go to TooFastToForever.com, kick in a couple bucks, whatever you want to do, however you want to support. Kick in a dollar and then cancel immediately. I will murder you, Joe, (laughs) and all the listeners who do that. Also, if Joe winds up dead, it wasn't me. That's not a, that I did not actually murder him. The the, the thoughts and opinions of this host are not, (laughs) <laughs> are not related Seriously. to the network. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Torque coming soon, and then next week, F9 hype preview episode, whatever, and then join us at the movies. The movies. To see F9. But Joe, do you have any other thoughts, anything, any parting thoughts before we say goodbye on Bumblebee? Bumblebee was really good and probably was one of the best Transformers movies. And yep. I would like, I would see another one. I, I, I don't know if I would remember it. I, I probably won't remember this one tomorrow, but mm-hmm. I had a fun time watching it. So, yeah. Well, for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at Too Fast, Too Forever.com and our store, Too Fast, Too Forever.shop. Come back on the Patreon bonus feed for Torque. And come back next week for F9 Preview, where we talk about probably Charlize's haircut and some other yeah. things. I don't know. That's all I got in my brain space. right now. Space. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll tell you all about it. We'll see.